0: And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Father, we do ask that you would help us. And we thank you that your Holy Spirit, the great helper, is sent to help us understand your word. And so we ask this morning that it would do just that. Help us. Convict us. Show your kindness and lead us to repentance. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week we saw that when Christ ascended, that is, when He ascended into heaven, He distributed the gifts that He received, all authority in heaven and on earth that He received, the gifts He received, He then distributed to His church. In Christ's selflessness, when he received all things for reigning victoriously, his first plan of action is to then freely distribute his gifts among his people. So what this means at this very moment in your life, if you believe in Jesus, he has given you a specific gift. And this gift that you've received from Christ isn't for your own selfish building up. But this gift that's given to you is to cultivate, it's to grow and then help build up the body. By your actions and how you live, do you know Do you do you like know, seriously know that you have been given a gift to help benefit the body of Christ? Like you aren't just another person sitting in this room right now. You have a gift to build up this church. You have a particular gift that is so important to the life of this body. Our passage this morning brings up so many questions for us. There are so many questions here in these two verses, but what I would really like to do is just ask one question for us today. Why do you come to church? Is it for the music? Is it for the relationships? Is it because at some point in your life, somebody told you that it's important to go to church and that's just what Christians do? You see, I think that the way that you answer this could quite literally change the trajectory of your life. Let me ask a different question to help us just get the ball rolling here. Why do athletes have coaches? Why do orchestras have a conductor? Why do children have parents? The athlete has a coach to equip them to be the best they can at the sport they play. The orchestra has a conductor to equip them to play the right parts at the right time. And children have parents to equip them for the world. So then, why do you come to church? In this passage, Paul is essentially telling us You come to church to be equipped and use your gift for the work of the ministry. Out of all of the reasons you were thinking of, was being equipped to do the work of the ministry one of the reasons why you should come to church? We've already seen last week that Christ has given you a gift. And what we see now is that he gives the church's leaders to help equip them to use their gifts for the ministry. Now, I understand that this may come to some of you as a surprise. <laughs> Me? I have a gift? I have a ministry? If you're a Christian, then what Paul tells us in these two verses is yes. But for some reason in the 21st century, there's been a popular lie that has circulated around. That is, if you aren't theologically educated, on staff and paid at a church, or a missionary, then you sit back and let the paid professionals do the ministry. Guys, I just want to say, I think the devil's in on this lie. I don't think the devil wants the church to flourish and thrive like it can, and so what he does is he tells us that you don't have a gift that can benefit this body. And you certainly don't have a ministry because a ministry is something that you get paid to do. I I just think the devil's in on this lie. I think he's telling Christians, you don't have a gift and you don't have a ministry, so just sit back. Clinton Arnold, who is the dean of Talbot Seminary and just wrote a super helpful commentary on Ephesians. says it like this. The resurrected Christ has bestowed his grace on every member of his body, but he has especially gifted certain individuals within the community to establish churches, minister the word of God, and equip others for service in the church. Christ gives these gifted leaders to the church not only to do the ministry for various members of, or sorry, to the church not to do the ministry for the various members of the body while they passively receive, but to help prepare them to actively serve in ways he has gifted them. Let me keep our question on the forefront of our minds Why do you come to church? Last week I briefly mentioned how God gives particular leadership gifts to people to help the body. So let's look at verse 11 and see what these particular leadership gifts are. Verse 11 says, "...and he he gave the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers." First, let's just linger a little bit on the reality that he gave, Christ gave. Just like Christ gave gifts to his people, he also gave leadership gifts for the church. And the people with these particular leadership gifts are for the benefit or the the profit of the church. So just like a coach is there for the players' and the team's benefit... So the leaders of the church are there for the people's benefit. Because of Jesus' love for the church and his desire for us to not stay stuck but to transform into his likeness, God enables people with these gifts and then he gives them to the church. And what we see is that there are five leadership gifts here that Paul mentions. And all five of these gifts are different in function, but they have the same foundation. They have one huge overlap. Paul says the apostles. The apostles as Paul has already said, laid the foundation of the church. The apostles are eyewitnesses of Jesus and sent by Jesus. They are sent by Jesus to establish the church. And they do that by taking the words and the teachings of Christ and then teach them to the church. The prophets were a mouthpiece of God. They spoke the words of God that God directly gave them. Evangelists are gifted to explain God's word by making known God's plan of salvation. I couldn't help but think of Charles Spurgeon in this way, like who who was a guy who was uh, gifted... In evangelism, he was like a a ten talent guy. i couldn't help but think of a, a story of when he was at a, a palace preparing to preach an evangelistic sermon where about twenty five to thirty thousand people would come and and this was this was before microphones so so they had they had set up a huge stage for him, and as he was practicing to see if, if the noise was good and would reach all places, he stood up. Um, to practice before anybody was there, hours before anybody was there. And, and he said, uh, Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. He quoted I, Isaiah. Some janitor about 200 yards away from him heard him say this. And it convicted the janitor. And the janitor was led to repentance right there. I mean, talk about a gift. There are the shepherds, those who study God's Word so that they can lead, feed, protect, and care for the flock. And then there are teachers. Teachers are those who study God's Word so that they can then teach it in a clear way, calling those people to live what they just heard. Now, there's a bit of an overlap, and some would say there's a bit of an overlap for teachers and shepherds, or shepherds and teachers. Normally, you will see a lead pastor function as a shepherd or teacher. So, so it, it could possibly be four gifts here, or it could possibly be five gifts. So, it, it's, it would be kind of like Paul saying, it's a shepherd who teaches. Uh, can you see the overlap of these five Different gifts. I tried emphasizing a certain word for us. Did you catch it? Different functions, same base. The Word. The Word of God is the overlap in all of these gifts. All gifted leaders in one way or another take God's word serious and are gifted to explain it in one way or another. Christ gifts these people and then these people take God's word and use it in one way or another to exalt God and explain his kingdom through it. What a breath of fresh air this is for us. I say this because let's just say that somebody, come, somebody comes waltzing in and says, this is my gift. I, I have a gift in, in one of these five ways. One clear indicator is if they have that gift or not is if they treasure, if they prize, if they deeply value God's Word. If they want to use this gift to elevate God through His Word. You see, just like us, these leaders, they will stumble their way forward explaining God's Word while walking the walk. They will want to use their gift to build up the church, and their playbook won't be anything they learned from seminary or some article that they read. Their playbook will be the Word of God. So Christ gifts these leaders for what purpose? Verse 12 tells us, "...to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ." to equip the saints. So what Paul is saying for us is that these gifted leaders, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds, and and teachers, are given to equip the saints, to train the saints. And how do they train the saints? They train the saints by opening up the book the good book, the Word of God, the active, living Word of God, and they teach them, and they help them see what it means and how to obey it. So here, I'll I'll let you in. Let me be vulnerable here for a moment and let you in on my two goals when I'm either preaching or teaching. Now you can use this to judge me on whether I, I achieve this. Every time that I preach a sermon or teach or crack open the Bible... And teach. I've got two goals. The first is to show people how incredibly wonderful Jesus is, and the second is why He's totally worth following with your whole life. I mean, look at how wonderful Jesus is. You, a sinner. Paul has already told us an enemy of God who is destined for hell was saved because he died in your place. A sinless man dies for a sinful world so that we could be reconciled back to God. All of the sin in our heart and all of the wrath stored against us, Jesus comes and dies so that we could have reconciliation and peace with God. How much more incredibly wonderful can Jesus get to save us from God's wrath? And when he died for you, look at at why he's worth following. He doesn't keep you where you are. When he frees you from sin... He doesn't say, yeah, you're just going to stay right there. I I just, I don't care. I I cared about you enough to save you, but now I'm just going to let you suffer in, in that. There's so much more for us to contribute to God's kingdom. He saves us into the kingdom and then he calls us to contribute to the kingdom. This is why he's worth following. He doesn't keep you where you are. He frees you from sin. He gives you a gift. He places leaders over you to help equip you to use that gift. If you are here this morning and you're just feeling down and beaten up, take hope he's not done with you yet. He's not done with you because He has a ministry for you. He has a purpose for you. And the leaders placed over you are over you to help equip you for the work of ministry. Ministry in the most literal sense means to wait on or to serve. So what Paul is saying right here is these leaders are here to equip you for service. They're here to equip you to serve God's kingdom. And how can we be so sure of this? Paul has already in chapter 2 told us, That God has prepared good works for us to walk in. So when your kid wakes up at 2 a.m., throwing up, and you're tired, and you don't want to serve them, but you want to sleep and act as if you didn't hear anything, what are you going to do? when somebody in this church body financially is floundering and you hear about it, what are you going to do? When your neighbor's spouse dies and you see their grass getting longer, what are you going to do? When the person in front of you checking out in the store forgets Their credit card. What are you going to do? Let me try explaining it like this It's not that all the gifted leaders are on the court. And everyone else is sitting around in bleachers watching the game go on. How I like to think about it, it's its like this. All of you are on the court and the leaders are here to help equip you to play. And when you stumble and you need care... The leaders are here to encourage you, care for you, and send you back in. Equipped for the work of ministry. But even more so, why are we equipped? Leaders equip the body in their gift to serve for the building up of the church. And when I mean the building up of the church, please don't hear me say this, building up the kingdom of Community Church of Appleton. This is the building up of people. You, me, us. Your your gift and the job of the leader, is so crucial to the growth of this body. It is by no mistake that you are here at this church. It is no mistake that you wandered into this church or that you stumbled into this church. We as a church are to be equipped for ministry to help build up the people of the church. What this looks like is that we are equipped in such a way that when, when you leave, you know the Word of God and you know what to do so that way when life goes from 0 to 100, when you get that phone call that you weren't expecting, when your life is completely flipped upside down, you are ready. You are equipped. When others meet trials, you are prepared to walk towards them, not put your head down and walk away. So as we conclude and look at how we should live, I want to get back to our first question. Why do you come to church in all of the years that you have been coming to church, why do you come to church? God is, he is calling us to make an all-out assault on hell. And he is calling you to participate in that. So could I ask us just one thing today? Let's start looking at church as a place to be equipped and sent to build up the body. To make God's invisible kingdom more visible. And look, I know I'm putting myself on the hook here. When we get a chance to serve one another... Let's do it. And let's let's do it in such an overwhelming way where the person that we're serving just says, I'm sorry, so many people are helping me. I feel embarrassed, but I just don't need your help. And let's be ready in such a way that we walk away saying, I'm so happy that so many people are serving, but I'm going to be ready for the next. Let's be ready that when a need in the body, whether spiritual or physical, is going on with somebody here, that we jump on it. Maybe you're still a bit unsure. Maybe you're still a bit worried to take a chance on Jesus. buying the lie of the serpent, that you don't have that gift, that you don't have a ministry, that there's no possible way, Max, that I could contribute to the building up. Listen to what this Dutch theologian, Herman Bovink, says. The whole church of Christ in its entirety is his body. By virtue of his resurrection and ascension, he has been raised to be the head of it. As such, he is the principle of life of the church. He grants the church its life at the beginning, but he also feeds it, cares for it, and preserves it and protects it. He causes the church to thrive and prosper, causes each of its members to achieve his full maturity, and he also unifies them and all uh, them all and makes each work for the other's benefit. In a word, he fulfills it to the fullness of God. Christ isn't going to let his church crumble. He's not going to let it happen. Instead, His plan is to use you to build up His church. God's plan is to use you to display His glory to the world. And that just doesn't stop at salvation. It continues by being equipped for the work of ministry. Why do you come to church? What if it was to be built up so that you're ready to walk in any good work God throws at you? So that you are equipped for the ministry that God has called you to walk in. Let's pray. are sinners in need of a Savior. Father, we need your help, and we thank you for sending Jesus. Help us as we equip, as we are equipped, to walk in the ministry that you have prepared for us. We pray this in your Son Jesus' name. Amen.